FMX Network production. You cast me completely till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsored links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, first guest of the night brought to you by Guts Racing. For the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, go to GutsRacing.com. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us the video game god himself, Kellen Brower. Oh, God. So this is going to carry me around everywhere. I think so. Now I'm going to be the video game god. I think so. I mean, it, it. I wrote it in my notes. Uh, Steve said it. So it's, it's yeah, it's, all, it's the way it is. Sorry, man. Now it's factual. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and also brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. If you want the tires that Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit Michelin.bicycle or bike.michelin.com for details. Michelin Bicycle Tires brings us from Race Tech, Chris Riesenberg. What's up, bro? Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'll take the the video game god thing though. I think I think I have that title. Really? Yeah, I'd give that to I would give that to Chris over me for sure. Okay, so th- is this how we you guys know each other? It is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I've known Kellen since since pre race tech days. Actually. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into some video game stuff and the talk on the Pulp Mech Show Monday night. Um, I will tell you guys, you would not want to hang out with me because I still have a PlayStation Two up in the in the somewhere in a box, and that's the last game console I've ever played. I mean, that still sounds fun to me. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm all about the PlayStation 2 lifestyle. 
Yeah. I'm all about that. We can just go ride dirt bikes, like real ones. That's yeah. okay, too. Yeah. The reality is, I just, like, after that, I was just at a point where I didn't have the budget to buy anything better, and I'm not that good at, like, first the, the first player games, what do you call it, like, like um, the war games everything everybody was into. I just wasn't any good at that stuff, so I just never upgraded. I've never got to play half of the games you guys talked about. Like, MX Unleashed is still my game. So... Anyway, that's not a bad one to stop at. Anyways, you're all good. <laughs> okay, let's good. Go. Let's talk about that. I just want to hear the motherfuff stuff. Yeah, well, that's yeah, all right. right. Let's get into episode 419 with Kellen Brower in studio. Tony Berluti joins them. Uh, Brian Deegan, Andrew Short, Daniel Blair, and of course Chris Kiefer on the phone. Um, good show, man. Uh, Kellen, what, how'd you like being in the studio again? Uh, it was a blast, man. I love going in that studio and, and seeing all the history and, and memorabilia that Steve has collected, but. Obviously, this time I was a little bit more involved than I was the first time being like the official co-host, and yeah. it, was, it was a great experience, kind of being able to talk to everybody and ask questions and and be really interactive in the show. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Awesome. Well, Chris, you uh, you're the marketing director for Race Tech. Uh, you know, got a, a company that's been part of the C show for a long time. Um, was that something you were involved with, making that happen? Yeah, for sure. I'm a, a huge pulp fan uh, yep. since show number one, and oh, nice. I actually didn't know anything about Steve um, prior to show one. I had a relationship with Paul Lindsay because he actually was also a, a a gamer. So when I worked at MX Sources ATV, he would come in and we would just bench race about moto and dirt bikes. And he was a really good bench racer. And okay. so I actually tuned into the show because of Paul, and then fell in love with Steve as a host and. So when I went over to Race Tech, one of the things high on my on my list to do was get involved with Pulp because the Pulp Nation is uh, proving to be very, very um, involved and, and supports the companies that support Steve and they listen to what he say and that says and trust what he says and along with the people like Kiefer that he's involved with and, and whatnot as well. It's great yeah. for business. That That is the uh, overall general consensus of anybody that I talk to that is in business as far as a sponsor, whether it be Fly Racing or Michelin. Uh, you know, uh, works connection, all those guys just say, man, that's, yeah, you, it's, he's a great person to be in business with the, the fans obviously support his sponsors and, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. They've helped me out a lot. Um, let's talk about the show a little bit. So, uh, a new introduction to this show was the new talent cam that, uh, as they, they said, tits marks set up. So tits marks is, uh, the new producer apparently, but, um, <laughs> Chris, it seems like you were watching on Facebook, I believe, because you made some of your comments. Some of your top tens were visual things, I believe. So did you watch it on YouTube or Facebook? Um, I typically do a little of both. If I'm sitting at my desk working, um, I have the show up on one monitor while I'm listening, and I'll I'll glance over. Um, But I also podcast a bit in the car. But um, I did see the new talent cam, which is good, because I always felt like you couldn't see what was going on back there because he's hidden behind the monitors and yeah, such. So yeah. it's nice to, to get that, that new cam. That's a cool addition. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, all right. So the show obviously starts off with a lot of the, the coronavirus and how it's affecting the series. Uh, the only thing on that I really want to touch on was Steve saying that he's starting to believe that this could be it. It could be over. Uh, and Kellen, you, you said that, you know, heck this thing could lead into the outdoors. Um, Chris, just as a fan and being in the industry, uh, you do you feel the same way that Steve does? Because I'm starting to think that it's going to be very difficult to finish this thing in any real way, other than just calling it. Um, the one thing that I would say is, although they're separate entities um, as far as MX Sports and Feld, that you have to factor in is the OEMs are extremely involved, mm-hmm. and Supercross is the 
the more important championship, I believe, um, on a marketing standpoint with them and they're spending their money and going to stadiums and stuff. So I think at the end of the day, the OEMs have just about as much say as anyone else. And I would think that they would want to run more supercross races and, and be able to lean on the next sports perhaps to say, hey, we need you guys to budge because mm. we need more supercross. That's actually a pretty good point, Kellen. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Uh, you know, I just keep thinking, well, the, the Nationals, you, you can't really ask – the, we're going to start getting into opinions here for just a second, but like the tracks, you know, like Hangtown, they've got to start promoting pretty soon, if not already, and making spending money to make that happen. So things have to be set. You can't just wait till a week before and say, okay, hey, we're going to go race there. Um, so something has to be decided pretty quickly, and it's very difficult to see anything like any decisions being made anytime soon, Kellen. I know, and I think, you know, MX Sports, they had a, a statement come out on um, – I believe it was either you know early Tuesday or so, and they basically were saying we're actively looking at the situation, trying to monitor all things that we can so that we know in advance what we can do about these situations. If they do have to postpone part of their series as well, I think that they're fully prepared for situations like that to arise. Now, whether or not they coordinate with Supercross very well in those decision-making processes and actually come to a conclusion on how many races of Supercross we get in before Nationals or during Nationals or after Nationals, I really don't know, but you definitely would think that at some level they have to have phone calls between each other to try to figure that all out. Yeah, I agree. And, and of course, JT, when he came on later in the show, he brought up the fact that there's a lot of money involved with Supercross and the Nationals too, but there's sponsors that have already had put money in and all that has to be looked at. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, but let's get into some of your guys' uh, top fives. Um, the first one I want to touch on is the great Tony Berluti back in studio. Uh, his, uh, I never say this right, Cirque du Soleil show has been canceled. Uh, his quote that it feels like it was worse than when his wife left him had me cracking up. Uh, but Kellen, being in studio with the great Berluti, man, uh, what did you think about him and, and how he you know, discussed that situation in general? Well, Berluti was always one of my favorite co-hosts of, of all time, even before you know I was involved with the show or anything to do with Steve. So to have him back in the studio was like a bonus for me because I, I love Berluti. He's awesome. He's hilarious and he's informative and, and all the things he wanted in a co-host. So sitting next to him, I was almost like starstruck a little bit, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, the great Berluti sitting next to me, spoon tune and all those good things. So. Um, yeah, his stories about what happened with the Cirque du Soleil thing were, were mind-blowing and how much money was lost and, and everything is that went into it that it only lasted, I mean, half the time that they put into it, basically. It was, yeah. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was. He, you know, he didn't want to uh, step on their toes too much. He said he had a couple paychecks coming. But you could tell he was very surprised at the process. But I don't think, uh, Chris, that he, he really enjoyed the process. He, you know, he, he just sort of hinted at it wasn't for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he really let it out when he said he was he was not planning on staying anywhere. So he right. didn't plan on leaving as quickly as it happened. And I feel like he also was he was like a guy that just like had his dog kicked or something when <laughs> he was talking about the Altas leaving. And I mean, us as Moto fans, we know that you can't get those anymore, and there's not a lot of them out there. And and you could just see his passion for knowing that we're those motorcycles are just gone now. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it was crazy that, that I mean I don't know how that business runs, but uh, Chris, I will say though, as a fan, you like you said, you've been there since show one. Having Berluti back, chase uh, you know, chasing the sun or is back. Um, there we're gonna have stories of him and and Steve probably battling it out at Western. 
that's nothing but good for us as Pulp fans. Absolutely. I just like Colin. I'm a, a huge Berlut co-host fan. Yeah. Um, I actually wish that there was there was more. It felt like he was not there that long, and he was didn't really add a lot. Like he normally adds a lot, and usually he has so many good one-liners that are just random. He's a very mellow personality, and then he'll just pull one out, <laughs> right. and uh, it's nonstop entertainment. I'm a, a very big Berlut fan when he's in studio as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely remember the first, when I first met him at Houston a couple years ago. I was very excited. All right, let's move on to number two. JT calls in uh, after the opening sequence of the show, and he's pretty fired up, Kellen. Chris and Kellen, you both had this as a topic. Um, well, a little, JT and his discussion of MXDN after you guys talked about it. Um, Kellen, you, you gave a 1% to 2% chance that the series finishes. <laughs> that was one of the, th- the topics. And then, of course, the MXDN, somebody brought up, maybe making it every three years, similar to the Olympics. This got JT going, Kellen. It did. <laughs> I knew it was coming too because I got a text from <laughs> JT where he was, he was, there's like four texts in a row where he's like, 1%? The end, you kidding me? You guys are blowing it right now. Yeah. Um, but I knew he was coming on the show and, and I knew that I was going to get uh, a ribbing and talking to you about that. Um, I, I, uh, going back on my 1% thing, it was really more of like a, I don't think we're finishing the whole series. Mm. Whether or not we were getting any racing in, I, I don't know. Like, I guess you could say there's a higher percentage of that for sure, but um, he definitely was thrilled with my percentage pick on that. And then uh, he gave me a pass on the donations thing because I, I love donations. Yeah. I like to see it all the time. But Steve was, oh, every three years, every two years, whatever it takes. And, and they've been going back and forth for years about donations. So I, I think it's a never-ending topic with them. Oh, of course, yeah. As most of their disagreements are. Uh, Chris, the MXDN thing, you know, when JT came on, JT says, I love the MXDN every year, everything. I love being there. And Steve threw in his face, well, uh, you didn't sound like you loved Matterly Basin a couple of years ago. You're complaining the whole time. And, you know, JT had to defend that. But um, what do you think about JT, that part of the JT interview or him being on that segment? Because as always, he's just, you know, button heads with Steve. Yeah, I think it was like a, a Molotov cocktail or something ready to just get thrown <laughs> yeah. with JT came on. Like, yeah. he didn't have the race of banter with Steve. Um, and then he's been cooped up in quarantine. And then you start talking about designation. Plus, it's a reason to argue with Steve, which we all have known as fans that he loves to do. Yep. And so he came in overly hot with it. Um, there's no way that uh, JT with his passion for that event that he wants it to go away. No. Even if he was upset, he's still passionate about it. And that's that's what he was defending. And I don't think Steve necessarily disagreed. He more took the other side because that's what he likes to do with JT is yes, makes he makes good radio and um and he just it seemed like he just enjoys a good argument. Well so let me ask you this question, Chris, because I've asked this a few times on the show with different guests. With a lot of Steve's you know out there opinions or his rants whether it be Chick-fil-A or uh, the Tough Blocks or whatever the, the, the opinion of the night is, how much of that percentage-wise do you think he really fully believes and how much do you think is for show content? I think it's his personality to find something that gets a rise out of people and then convince himself that that's the right thing <laughs> okay. or the right way. And so I don't think he necessarily starts with fully believing it, but I think by the time he's done, he's convinced himself, yeah, and he's yeah, hoping yeah. to convince the other person as well, and and all of his army. And I, I mean, obviously, he knows that it makes for good radio. So I mean, he definitely will over exaggerate it on purpose. But I do think deep down inside, like 
there's there's parts of he's convinced himself or he does believe it on a, on a lot of the stuff. I, I think you're right. All right, so next topic, and uh, you guys both kind of mentioned this in your top fives. Um, Kellen Brower and the MX Simulator series. Uh, Steve, I don't think Steve could – I didn't know anything about this either, but uh, Steve's reaction when he found out that it was real people and there's a point system and the leader was banned, uh, he just gets out up and – like walks out, <laughs> uh, Chris, man. I mean, I don't know if you were watching at that time, I guess, you know, yep. you could hear it in the audio, but on video, it was like, where's he going? It was awesome because it was, it reminded me of the old Kenny Watson days yeah. of when Kenny would just get up and leave. And I was like, man, I wish we had video back then to watch that because I think Kenny would probably throw his headset and do it. Oh I'm yeah. Assuming. That's what I picture in my head. But also what was really cool about that was, Steve does that every now and again during the show where he has to get up and do something or he's fiddling with something. And the show a lot of times comes to a grinding halt, but because of Kellen's background of talking and videos and stuff, a lot of times by himself, he just continued to carry the show. No problem. It was, uh, it was really seamless, which made it actually really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Steve almost came back and then he just sort of talked off mic when he was like, I think he was asking why the leader was banned, what could have happened. And Kellen, you had to, uh, explain that and there was also another moment in the show where he got up and walked away for a phone call and you had to carry it yeah the, the second moment was he was on the phone because he's I, I don't know how many people knew this but he was going to go on a vacation to hawaii this week so he's on the phone trying to get his flight rescheduled because of the whole san francisco uh lockdown one of his layovers was supposed to be there so he was telling me before that he's like hey, i'm gonna get up you're gonna have to carry the show yeah so that one i knew but the first one i had no idea that he was just gonna get up and leave and yeah he was halfway up the stairs when i was like oh yeah the points leader he's banned from the series and he turns around and he goes what what is this well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. now the series is getting people banned for what peds and stuff so <laughs> he definitely was getting pretty riled up about the whole thing well, and I'll tell you, I was watching on YouTube, I believe. I, I go back and forth sometimes. So I'm pretty sure I was watching on YouTube, and you had a lot of uh, your fans. It had to be YouTube. You had a lot of your fans on there, including, I think, the guy that called in. Uh, I think he was the points leader, if I heard, if I understood right. the guy. He, you thought he was the same guy? No, the guy that called in wasn't the, the points leader guy I was talking about. It was another guy. Okay. It's just it, a whole thing. There's people getting banned from series and stuff all the time. It's, okay. it's crazy. Well, somebody called in like two or three times, and the guys on YouTube were like, that's the same guy, and they had him, they had him named. It's like your whole community was watching, it seemed like. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I, I appreciate the support for sure. I personally would have liked to have more just – straight up moto talks and all the gaming stuff but i mean it was great to, that people were getting involved and calling in and all that business for sure yeah uh, to be honest like i said i knew nothing of this as being a thing um so i thought it was for me it was interesting you know there wasn't a race to talk about anyway so i kind of thought it was cool and i like the idea of I, I don't think it would ever work but i do like the idea of like getting some of the riders to do a mock race as themselves if that could happen um i, I thought that was i thought it was interesting talk so i think you did a good job with that um, another thing, another topic, Kellen, that Chris liked was uh, where you had to guess the music from classic video games, and you killed it. Um, I don't think Steve expected him to kill it, Chris. <laughs> no, you could tell that Steve was wanting him to fail, like, yeah. basically tits versus tits, and Kellen absolutely crushed it. And it was funny because the the reflex one also, I'm a, I'm a gamer as well, like I said, and 
I'm listening to it. I worked on that game through the whole development cycle, and I had no idea what that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's BS. That's no way. That, yeah. That's reflex. And uh, I was like, I've never heard this before. Yeah, I love the one that, the, the fact that he got, basically, Kellen, you got one wrong, but it, you actually got it right. Steve screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, to be honest with you, they're all like not very recognizable game songs, I would say. Like, you, you kind of get, to know the classics of all those games and maybe some of their, their like soundtracks or what the game actually sounds like. And he chose a lot of sounds or songs that weren't the norm, I would say, from each game. So it yeah. was a little bit more difficult for sure than I, I had anticipated, but I, I liked it. It was a good time. I was impressed, man, because like MX Unleashed, I always listened with the sound, the, the songs off. I always turn the songs off and turn the engine noise up. That's And then... The only song I remember from any motocross video game was the Ricky Carmichael game, and there was like a metal version of Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it was like championship motocross. Yes. Something like that back yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would have failed miserably at that. All right, next topic, Brian Deegan. Um, you know, the wild man of moto and freestyle, uh, you know, leader of um, metal militia, and really, man, Kellen uh, – What'd you think of Brian, man? Because he's not the Brian Deegan we remember. Yeah, well, when Deegan got off the phone, Steve and JT even went back and forth about like how impressed the man Brian Deegan has become, knowing what he was like in the late '90s and early 2000s. And I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat because I thought he was really, really well spoken on the show the entire way through, and, and talking about his thoughts on not only the future of his son's career, but the sport in general and where we're going with some of these programs that have been put in place. So I just, in general, thought Deegan was a, a terrific guest to have on, and, and his insight was, was really powerful. Yeah, and Chris, I don't know if you ever look at any of the stuff that Hayden or Brian or Haley put on YouTube, um, but you can see that really Brian has become a fantastic parent. He talked about his you know fears or concerns about you know they're at Freestone they were at Freestone Monday night which has since been canceled so he's like you know can we even get home when we go home you know and he's worried about his family uh you know he, he definitely he, he's changed from what we knew of him in the past like I said yeah it's pretty interesting to see um he's how busy he is as a as a human being like looking at their stuff of his kids are into everything yeah and he's he's everywhere you know to support them and it was really definitely crazy to hear Deegan talking like a, like a business person and an adult and a parent. Um, I honestly would have preferred to maybe hear more of, more of Deegan, the nineties the motocross <laughs> loose, some cool stories and yeah. little Kenny's corner type stuff of, um, of that. But I mean, I'm also very involved with amateur motocross a job and whatnot. And his, his thoughts and opinions were very interesting to hear because, I mean, they're very, very deep into it. And I mean, they're at all these amateur nationals. They're doing everything they can to reach the next level of the sport. And he's doing a unique approach to get there. Yep. And hearing about that is, was really cool for sure. Um, it just caught me off guard. That's not what I expected to hear with the Deacon interview. That's for sure. Yeah. I would have said I'd be, I would have been surprised too if I hadn't seen some of the YouTube stuff and watching his movie recently and that he did, you know, his little documentary. And then I had a chance to meet him at Freestone and talk to him about Hayden stuff a couple of years ago. So I, I knew that he was very business oriented now. And, you know, he, Steve asked him about his thoughts on Supercross futures and uh, the amateur nationals. And he made a really good point that I thought was cool about making the amateur nationals like a regional area and then have everybody meet at Loretta's. And 
that makes a lot of sense because, like I said, Freestone just got canceled, I think, yesterday. So he's all the way out here, you know, in Texas, hanging out, spent all that money, and then for nothing. He's got to go back now. Uh, that doesn't, you know, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for the individuals. I thought that was a pretty smart idea. It's not something that I had. I've never been involved with amateur nationals, so I never really considered that as an option. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, the Race Tech rant. Steve's Race Tech rant. Uh, Kellen, the gold pass. People are asking for their money back. Uh, man, this is just a part to me. This is just how society is now. Like, I want everything for free, or I got to complain about everything. But I, I totally agree with Steve's rant on this one. Yeah, I, I agree as well. And what I loved about his rant is that, I mean, it's typical of Steve to do this too, but once his rant started, he wasn't really calm the rest of the show. Like his, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. His blood was boiling the rest of the show, and he was just yelling at really anything, callers, voicemails, you name it. Steve was upset with it, basically. And, um, yeah, it all started with that whole gold pass thing, which I just, I don't know. I can't believe that people are, upset that they're going to lose whatever 20 bucks maybe for not having the end of the season or something like that but i don't know i'm not surprised at all i just i see people with stuff like this every day there's people complaining about the fact that there is a gold pass and you have to pay for it and yeah i mean i don't know if they are too young to remember how it was you know 10 years ago or if they just complain about anything but like the fact that it breaks down to like three or four dollars per race or even per moto and outdoors is like nothing for what we get and you don't have to pay for it you can wait till they come on tv they're live sometimes on regular tv it's not a must um chris i mean this this is just society i think i think it is society um I mean, I guess society is now, now, now we complain about people complaining about complaining yeah, yeah. or something along those lines. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I'm not surprised by it at all, though. at all. No, it is it's definitely just society and, um, the race tech rants gold. And that was, that was a Steve kind of came up thing. I was always looking for something to jump the sponsorship away from emails because I was like, man, it's kind of a boring segment and it's not really what I want to tie our brand to. And sure. It started as the idea was a, a hot take segment because um, JT used to do that a lot. And he does it on his columns on Racer X. So he'll make a bold prediction. And I was like, that that was kind of where the idea came from. And Mathis took it and turned it into the Race Tech Rant segment. And as a brand, I couldn't be any happier to be tied to it because that is that is Pulp MX as a whole to oh, me. Oh, you are not lying. ranting about things. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you where that came from, if that was something you were involved with. And just for my own rant, it's very similar to – what we were just talking about, very similar to people complaining about this wrap-up show when, again, you're not forced to listen to it. And the fact that, I've, I've said this before, here we go again, the fact that people want it gone and don't care that some people like it blows me away. I'll never understand that concept at all. Um, I think you uh, you need the Kelly Nation to get on your side and defend you because I see it with Steve. He uh He's kind of trying to jump uh, Kellen into a fraternity or something with an initiation, and he does it to you as well. Yeah. But Kellen has this whole army of people that have his back and stand up for him. And you just have the whole the whole pulp nation jumping on top of you. Yeah. Seems like well, uh, with the wrap up show. The funny thing is, like, I get emails and direct messages, and you know, I mean, my show, which I'm not going to name tonight, Steve, you know, has a fair amount of listeners. Right? We have a pretty good following, and they listen to this show, or a lot of them do. I get a lot of people saying, oh, I like it. I love it. Oh, it's getting better. Oh, this is great. You know, 
but and I got people tell me all the time that they hey I called and left a message or I sent an email, but Steve never touches on those. Or very rarely touches on those. Um, you know, I think look, I, I don't know. I think part of it is him just giving me crap. And we're going to talk about that here in one of our next top fives that I don't really want to talk about. But before we move forward, <laughs> I do want to thank again our sponsors, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Guts Racing, Motorsport.com, and of course, all the other sponsors of Pulpamex. Go to PulpamexShow.com, click on the sponsors link. You'll find all the sponsor links to their, web- their websites, such as Race Tech. You'll find discount codes or phone numbers or emails, whatever you need to support all the sponsors that keep Pulpamex going. We thank all of those people. Um, all right, so yeah, the next one, I guess I was hoping nobody would bring this up, but you did, Chris. My call, man, um, started off pretty good. Steve actually gave me a compliment for one of the first times on air, um, but it quickly fell apart, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised to see that just because of what we were just talking about, how he likes to to get at you and, and poke at you because it makes good radio. Um, obviously, he cares about you and and. and he wouldn't keep doing the show and help find sponsors for it and stuff. He didn't believe in it, but it wouldn't be Steve without following up, giving you a compliment with completely losing his mind about you sending Pookie answers for tits versus tits. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest. So at the moment of the show, I was dealing with some personal stuff that I'm still dealing with. And I wasn't really, I wasn't feeling it, man. Um, I didn't, I wasn't even a call in, but Steve asked me, Hey, when are you calling in? So I did, I did not know that was coming. So I didn't have any really good response, and I still don't. It was a, probably, obviously, it was a bad idea. Um, I said on air, my reason was, I do feel bad that Pookie honestly feels bad when she loses, but she does it anyway. Um, so I did feel bad. But I also thought it would be really kind of funny if she knew all the answers and they couldn't figure out why, like, right away. Like, if they're like, how do you know all this? I thought it would be kind of funny. I probably should have uh, ran it by Steve. And it was obviously a bad idea. And I do feel, I felt bad once he brought up the fact that Tits was going to be mad. It's like, oh, man, I do feel bad, which Tits texted me today. I'm not going to tell you guys what he said. Um, but I do openly apologize to Steve and Tits and anybody else that's upset by it. It was it was messed up. But, uh, Kellen, what did you think? Man, I felt so bad when you got off the phone because you just – you sounded like – so sad and everything like that, and I just wanted you to call back and be like, "No, dark side, you're fine. Don't worry about it." But <laughs> well, I mean, Steve, you know, Steve, he's kind of relentless sometimes, yeah. you, unfortunately, and and he just was driving the nail into the coffin there pretty hard. But well. uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think that it wasn't really like that bad of a thing that you did because, I mean. As he said, even if you had texted right on the spot, I don't think she would have gotten the text message until after the thirty seconds was up. So it really Probably. was wasn't going to matter anyway, you know. Yeah, and just for anybody, like I honestly only sent her answers to the first two questions, and then I realized she didn't have her phone because I was watching. So, like, there's people. I don't know if you guys have been looking at the Twitter responses and people like, oh, one inch of hair for every question. Uh, that's only two questions, technically. I mean, the the second one was like, give me five people that was on something a team. I can't remember the exact question. So I guess you could say it was five answers, but it was really two questions. Um, but the reality is I'm not cutting my hair. It's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, unless you guys, everybody wants to wait until it gets long enough for me to donate to Locks of Love, then we'll we'll talk. But anyway, uh, I, feel, I do feel bad. And the reason I was so bummed sounded is just personal stuff that was going on. So it really... Uh, Steve, Steve didn't get to me too bad. I just, I felt like I did screw up. You know, I got it. No big deal. I was no big deal. Now I apologize. Anyway, we'll move on from that. 
Um, I'm going to do some sort of some rapid fire, a couple of little things that we're going to touch on uh, for the rest of these. I can't. Uh, oh. I can't let you just move on that easily, okay. though. Um, <laughs> on that, for 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 two two things. Yeah. One, um, I don't think Steve's going to let you move on from it. Oh, you're probably right. Um, at all, like it's going to be it's going to be become one of those stories and and jokes, one of the inside ones that people <laughs> always talk about. Of, oh man, I don't know where that came from or where did that come from. I think that last for a while yeah but the fact that you didn't really have much of a response for it <laughs> actually kind of killed it because i think the wrath would have been way worse if you really tried to defend yourself a lot more and you and you really didn't yeah but i don't think it's like that big of a deal either because it's a pretty loose segment anyways um which is what makes it so funny and and whatnot so i mean i see the intentions of it and, and whatnot but i definitely don't think you're gonna let you live it down hence the the twitter pull out that's out there about punishment and such and and whatnot but um, yeah, cause I just, uh, look, Pookie had found out that you gave tits all the answers. She would be livid. I oh, don't think yeah. she'd probably talk to you for at least a month. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, I want to bring up something since you brought up the Twitter response or I brought up it a little bit ago and you talked about the Twitter poll. I don't even know why I'm touching on this, but there's a couple people that have made, like have responded with things that I feel are fairly inappropriate, but it's Twitter, you know, about, uh, dark sides got it for, you know, wants the, wants to give the D to Pookie or shit like that. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, under, that's where I start getting a little frustrated with people. Cause I mean, yeah, I'm nice to Pookie. Yeah. We do. Hello Pookie on the show. Um, but I, I don't feel like, I don't know, man. I don't feel like those, th- those things are necessary. They're definitely not the case. And that stuff, obviously I'm talking about it. So it obviously gets under my skin, man. I hate that stuff. Kellen. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, the death threats that a couple of people had were, okay. you know, stupid. And every, everybody makes, like, the stupid comment like that. But I couldn't believe the one where someone was like, you need to lick a, a, a coronavirus-infested <laughs> toilet seat or something like yeah. that. I'm like, that's Just so dumb. tasteless at this time in, in yeah. history and stuff like that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, there, there's. I like you heard me, and when he said something about a Twitter poll, I was like, oh, God, Twitter's Twitter's the devil when it comes to the poll especially on Pulp MX, it's just, you're, it's never going to go in whoever's favor the poll is about. It's just, it's always going to be negative pretty much. Um, but yeah. that's, you know, whatever I was prepared for it. All right, let's move on though. So uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. If uh, Eli was crowned champion now, is there an asterisk? Uh, I think this was a caller that brought this up. Um, and Kellen, you made the quote or the comment that this is the most Eli way that he could win if that happens. Um, and I don't think anybody thought there should be an asterisk behind Eli's name if that happens. But um, Chris, just I see that being the case, though. People are always going to say something about this season if it ends as is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I understand it. Of Hey, did Kenny, you know, if he would have known that Daytona was the last race, does he hang it out even more and and risk crashing or try to run him off the track or something? Yeah, I mean, there's a potential of that happening. But the fact of the matter is, is Eli's been the best guy this year. Yeah, um, I'm not a, I'm not Dylan. I'm not a big Eli super fan by any means, and I'm cheering for the rock story of the comeback. Right. But there's no asterisk. Eli, he's the champion. If that's if that's the way that it ends, that's the way it ends. There's not even a question about it for me. I'm. I'm not one of those ridiculous people in society, just like the people that are getting after you on Twitter and stuff <laughs> that thinks there's an asterisk. And right. Whatnot. No, I'm not, not even close to on board with that. All right. Uh, Andrew Short obviously was on the phone. He's now Blue Crew and back in Fly Racing. Fly Racing, another proud sponsor of the Pulp Mech Show, obviously. Um, 
great interview. I'm not going to touch on it too much. If you guys haven't listened to Pulp yet and you're listening to this show, that makes that's crazy, but that's what the wrap-up show is for, I guess. Um, if you haven't listened, JT told a great story about Shorty and himself at Lakewood. Uh, Shorty made a pretty great comment that now that he's Blue Crew, for any of his questions, he's going to go to Chris Kiefer, which Mathis, you know, obviously he loved that comment. Um, and guys, the, my favorite part of that whole interview was Steve asking him if he's going to go to Dumont and come right at Dumont. And he says, no, I'm scared of flying off a dune in fifth gear pinned. And of course, Travis Marks's response. Yeah, me too. Uh, that, that was great. That was my favorite part. I love shorty, but that was my favorite part of the interview is at the end of that thing. So guys, if you haven't listened to that, check that out. Daniel Blair was also another guest on the phone. And if you guys have anything to say about shorty, let me know now, Kellen, um, Chris, anything? Any any thoughts on that interview? Either one of you? He's just the perfect gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well spoken, such a good ambassador for the sport. And the stories that he was that he was telling that talking about or JT was talking about as far as him just running people over <laughs> on the track but then being so nice <laughs> off the track. I mean that is Andrew Short. Yeah. Um he's fantastic every time he's on and you can hear his passion. That's what I like is you can hear his passion about how much he likes motorcycles. Yep. I totally agree. Um, again, Daniel Blair was on, uh, talked a little bit about the situation with the, the, the way the series is right now. And he, his thoughts are at least give us one more race. Uh, winner takes all would be great. Something like that. Um, Daniel's always good on the line. He, he was given Deegan a little bit of shit about trying to change the rules of the, the one lap time battle at Salt Lake City between him and Hayden. Uh, that was good stuff. The other thing I want to bring up, this got brought up a bunch, is this rule or possible rule that 70% of the races have to be completed. And as of right now, I haven't heard that anybody's ever found this in the rule book. And I kept wondering why they didn't say that Paul Bar- call Paul Parabinos because his rant a few weeks ago was no, the rule book. Um, did anybody else think about that, Kellen? Uh, I, I felt mean, like somebody mentioned it. that. Or, Go ahead, Chris. I said I, I felt like somebody either mentioned that, or maybe it was I was watching on YouTube and somebody made the comment in the in the chat there about it. Of okay, know the rules and know the sport. And I feel like if that was a rule at this point, because of the Pulp Nation being so dedicated and strong, that somebody would have put a tweet out by now that it would have got retweeted. I, I agree. So, Go ahead, Kellen. I was going to say the the tiny bit of insider information I can offer on this is that. Uh, uh, we don't think that the AMA even knows. <laughs> so, yeah, true, true. Um, they can no, change I mean, like, the rules if they want. Yeah, literally, we've we've uh, we've been in contact a little bit. So okay, all right. Another uh, quick little funny thing to me was the caller that called in. He agreed with Steve's post or previous rant about uh, strip club music being shitty. Uh, so of course, when you call in and agree with Steve on almost anything, you win something. This guy wins a front Michelin Star Cross 5, which at the time I was like, why are you just giving him a front? And, of course, Randy Richardson calls in and saves the day, uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Randy, uh, he always brings entertainment to the show. And the best. just like Steve likes to give everyone a hard time, he likes to give everyone a hard time, too. So it's a good reason for him to give Steve crap. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, uh, "Hey, Kellen," he said, "because with only one, with only a front Starcross Five, you are, cannot get into the Pulp MX Michelin Ride Days." And of course, that's been a long going back and forth. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of when Steve gave the front tire away. I'm like, "This is totally going to be the situation that we've been talking about with these Ride Days, <laughs> where Randy's going to call in 
and be like, no, you need both Michelin tires yeah. to get in. And he's like, come on, bro, it could be anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't believe that the guy was like, well, my front broke. And Steve's like, all right, just the front end. And I was like, just give him both tires. Steve, yeah, you I have was... the ability to do that. Why not? I, I Well, Steve kept saying, I don't know if I have the ability to do this, which, again, had to be radio content. I'm sure he knows that he could do yeah. that. Uh, but I almost wonder if he just, like, like it was started out as, like, a brain fart. I'll just give you a front tire. Then, like, he, it, it doesn't seem like it makes much sense just to give the guy a front. So I kind of thought it was almost like he just didn't think about it at the time or something. I don't know. But it was great having Randy come in. Um, okay, two more things. Uh, the second, I'm calling it the unofficial rant, was during the Tweet at Talon segment, um, Steve brought up the fact that people text him questions when he's in the press box about, like, is this guy okay? Or stuff that he had no way of knowing. That's what he said. How would I know? Um, Chris, hell, I've probably been uh, – you could probably say that I've done this. I'm sure I've asked some questions. Do you know what's going on? But I think everybody just thinks that Steve knows everything at all times that everybody probably immediately, like the the fans view it as everybody tells Steve stuff immediately. Like he's the first guy. Yeah. He's the one that's not scared to break news as well. And yeah, that's how he's true. built this, this army up. But I think he was more fired up about that rant than any of the other ones. And <laughs> I guess it was the third one of the night because they had the voicemail as well. And then, um, then the NBC Gold, and I mean, I think he was going on about tough blocks at some point too. He I'm was. sure yes. <laughs> every show ran at this point. Trying to explain, yeah, trying to give everybody that because I've had a bunch of people like I don't quite understand these trays, and you know, he, he had to finally just break it down step by step how they're going to nail it into the dirt. Yeah, that was great. All right, last one I want to talk about. This brought, got brought up briefly. It's been talked about a little bit here and there since the coronavirus thing. Uh, and they asked, you know, do you think Reed comes back in 2020? or calls it at the or in 2021 or calls it now because this was supposed to be his final ride and Berluti doesn't think he's going to come back because of car racing and Steve says I think he will Kellen you were in studio I didn't hear you make a response what are your thoughts my my response to that would have been I think that Chad is going to be racing something it's just not going to be the full season of whatever so like I think that eventually he'll come back and, and kind of like McGrath did mm. after he retired where he was like you know a test rider or, or doing work with a team and and then he would come out and race two or three supercrosses a year and stuff like that i think that's something that chad might be more interested in and why we might see him still come back and i don't know daytona san diego other ones yeah. that are his favorites he may come back and do every now and then but uh i don't know about a full season next year i think he's out on that how about you chris well, it's um, it's Chad playing the social media game, too, because he's even hinted at it, um, as well as his crew. And I think a lot of it comes down to things were starting to go well for him, you know, and, and trending upwards. And the beginning of the season, I'm pretty close with that crew, um, not Chad himself, but the, the rest of his crew on the on the team. And I know there was a big scramble and, I mean, a ridiculous amount of hours of work that they were putting in just to get to the races. And they weren't prepared, and things had finally just kind of settled in, and they we're moving forward. So I think for him, it's you're, you're frustrated, right? Because you're, you're finally moving in the right direction. But unfortunately when it comes to Chad is, is off seasons proven a lot of times that he forgets about dirt bikes and goes and does other things and stuff. And then he has to build throughout the year in his later years of his career, not so much the years when he was winning and whatnot, but um, so does he go into off season mode? And I think if that happens, it's really unlikely for him to come back. Um, but if he continues to keep this hunger and 
you know, maybe there's a good paycheck down in Australia for him and, and that stuff. So he's continuing to ride and he has a program built and some infrastructure there. Then I mean, I hope we see him again. Yeah. If this is, if that would be the most positive thing ever to come out of coronavirus and if we get more chatter. I agree. I, I, I think that next year he at least tries to make some of the rounds that he didn't get to make this year. I think he wants those people to get the chance to say goodbye to him. Uh, at least I'd like to think that. Um, all right, so right, that's all we got on, on show 419. Chris, I want to ask you a little bit, uh, since I've never had you on here before, and you're a long-time Pulp listener, quite uh, clearly, who is your favorite co-host of all time, and uh, you know, what's your favorite show of all time? Uh, favorite co-host is probably Kiefer, I think. Um, I really enjoy his tech talk, his love for dirt bikes. And just, uh, I'm a Kiefer After Dark fan as well and his personality. And I've gotten to, luckily gotten to know him a little bit as well. Um, so definitely Kiefer. And like I said, if we heard more Berluti, he would be right up there with it, though. I'm a, I'm a big Berluti fan. Um, as far as favorite show ever, definitely the Great Western Bank team show. Okay. Um, uh, that was 100, I think it was, or is it 200? Yeah. But that was by far my Shoot, favorite. Shoot, I did a wrap-up on it. I'm pretty fan. sure it was 100, yeah. I did a wrap-up on it, and I, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that was a good one. Yeah, that uh, was... yeah. Uh, Kellen, how about you, man? Favorite show of all time? I think it's. I forget the number. It's either like two eighty three or something like that. But it was the first time GL was like the full time co host uh, uh, of a show. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was right after the uh, Marty Davalos Snapchat fiasco, I think. <laughs> and so GL was just lights out that entire night, like. The second time Gio came on, it was like he was trying to back up the performance in the first one, and he maybe yes. got a little too hammered. But that that show, he was like the perfect amount the entire time, and he had so many great one-liners, and I just love listening to that show whenever I can. Totally agree. All right, guys, I think that does it for 419. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having some time. And, Chris, thank you for reaching out to me and offering to do it. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time, man. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap. We are out of here. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say